This is the Cod Cabin, the number one Massachusetts podcast where we make sure that everyone is listening. And if you're not listening, then go listen. It's worth your time. I'm Adam Bass, and joining me as always is Logan Rabe today. And today we are continuing our coverage of the Massachusetts Auditor Primary. And today we have, and let me see if I can get this right, Senator Diana DiZaglio. Did I get it right, Senator? You did. Thank you so much, Adam. It's great to be here on your show. I have been... uh, very, very excited about this opportunity for quite some time. So it's great to finally be able to join you. Uh, glad to have you here. So you are the state senator for the first Essex district of Massachusetts, state Senate Essex district of Massachusetts. Uh, you originally yes. served as the representative for the 14th Essex district. Um, and now you're running for auditor. So let's start. Why, why jump from the state Senate to the audit to the auditor seat? Well, I ran for office because I wanted to make a difference in my community, and I will tell you that my experiences in the legislature uh, have been humbling and a tremendous honor. It has been the honor of my life, in fact, to represent my community in the state legislature. I have been working on transparency and accountability initiatives. Uh, I have been working to hold the administration accountable. And I have been working to make a government, or excuse me, I've been working to make our government work for everyone and not just for a few elite and powerful people uh, who happen to be the ones making the decisions in some of these rooms. Uh, so I have been working very hard on different pieces of legislation throughout the year, years. And uh, you know, when, when the state auditor's seat opened up, I view this as an opportunity to take the work that I've been doing to the next level. As a representative, I started the fight to ban taxpayer-funded non-disclosure agreements, which cover up harassment, discrimination, and abuse in our state government. Uh, These are agreements that are used by our governor and uh, in our own House of Representatives and across our state government. We should not be allowing taxpayer dollars to be abused by powerful politicians, their staff, or anybody else in state government who wishes to silence victims of discrimination, harassment, and abuse. I led the charge uh, in trying to make make the legislature adhere to a rule where uh, we would have 72 hours to read and review a bill alongside of our constituents before those bills receive a vote. I continue that fight. I have fought hard for term limits on both the speaker and the Senate president. I have fought hard to make committee votes public and for the legislature to abide by the public records law. During the last several years, I filed uh, multiple pieces of legislation pertaining to assisting our working families and making sure that they have transparency and accountability around how their tax dollars are being spent. Mm -hmm. During the course of the last year and a half, uh, in particular, as it pertains to the pandemic, we did have an administration who was acting unilaterally in their decision-making process with just the governor himself many times making decisions that impacted the rest of the Commonwealth. And during that time, we saw many poor judgment calls being made, uh, one of which was the rollout of the vaccine, where we know that the website failed. We know that vaccinations were funneled to, we know that vaccines were funneled to mass vaccination sites. And we know that the governor gave out no bid, no RFP contracts in the millions of your taxpayer dollars to fund these uh, contracts with private companies instead of reinvesting those dollars into our local communities. 
When that occurred, Adam, I stood up and I called for an audit and for an investigation. When the Holyoke soldiers tragedy occurred and the governor came before a legislative oversight hearing and told falsehoods, I stood up as a senator and I demanded an oversight hearing and that we utilize our full subpoena authority as state senators. When I am state auditor, I will not need to just keep calling for audits and calling for investigations. I will audit and I will investigate these matters and more. With that said, um, you, you, you put, uh, for what we understand uh, as, as viewers of the race, um, you know, it, it, you seem very frustrated with how the state house is run as well as the state senate. Do you think it's failed? I think that I think that many families have been failed by a state government that uh, operates behind closed doors and that does not operate in a transparent process that allows for all voices to have a seat at the table. I think that we've had some great accomplishments. I myself have served in the legislature for nearly 10 years. And during that time, I can say there have been some tremendous successes. But there have also been times when we have failed our communities, when we should have passed pieces of legislation long before they were able to get passed. Time and time again, we hear about very important pieces of legislation going to study. Again, uh, you know, even though these bills have been sent to study for maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years, they continue to get sent to study. We hear about pieces of legislation that have 159 co-sponsors, but if one person that's in charge is not a co-sponsor of that and doesn't want that bill to pass, then that bill is not going to pass. So I think that the way that we can do better for our communities is by opening up the legislative process, by opening up state government across the board, by being more transparent, by allowing people to know what's happening up on Beacon Hill so that folks like you, folks like all of the folks listening, uh, can have an opportunity to engage with their elected officials and be part of the process to make it work better. If we vote on a piece of legislation that does some really great progressive things and that helps a lot of people, great. But it would be even better if we could do that in an open and transparent process where folks could engage, give their input to make a good bill an even better bill. And I think that that's an area that we failed in and that we need significant work on. One more thing before I turn it over to Logan. Um, and that, and that is, um, uh, you know, this is also the argument that many state house Republicans are making. You know, when I see this argument for transparency, I usually see it from people like uh, Cal Walsh on Act on Mass, as well as other advocates, and you know the 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 journalistic perspective of it is that you know very much a progressive idea of transparency. But there's also a call from transparency from members like Lenny Mira and even Bruce Tarr. Um, have you ever considered uh, working with Republicans in the state? I, I know they are a minority, but have you ever considered working with Republicans to frame this as a bipartisan issue? I will work with anybody who wants to promote transparency and accountability at our state house. And I think that this is a progressive issue. This is something that progressives should be championing. And I'm glad to see that so many are championing these measures right now. Uh, these are things that uh, cross party lines. Uh, they, they represent what a lot of folks care about, but maybe haven't uh, you know, articulated because a lot of times uh, you hear in the media uh, about the uh, controversial bills or you hear about the 
more high profile issues rather than about the processes on Beacon Hill, right? It's not necessarily the most interesting thing when you bring it up for discussion to talk about, uh, you know, the behind the scenes processes of how a bill becomes a law, but it is hugely important. So uh, the answer is yes, I would, I would work with anybody and have been working with everybody who wants to champion these issues alongside of me. And I am glad that uh, fellow progressives have taken up this mantle and are carrying it because it is something that will make our state government work better for everyone and not just for the few that have the power. And I think as far as talking about Rep Republicans and progressives is concerned, you know, we're talking about, you know, folks who, who are both disenfranchised because of the Beacon Hill establishment. You have uh, some that fall uh, more to the left. You have some that fall more to the right. Uh, you have the centrists, but then you have the establishment. And the establishment, uh, are, that's the folks, those are the folks with the power, right? So I think the reason why you see progressives and Republicans coming together on issues like transparency and accountability is because they are both disenfranchised from having a seat at the table. And again, we need all voices at the table so that we can take votes, so that we can advocate, and so that we can move forward progressive policies to help folks across Massachusetts. And I think that anybody listening would agree that you know, if they had a choice on whether or not they wanted their senator voting on a bill before they, you know, uh, or excuse me, reading a bill before they voted on it, or voting on a bill before they read it, uh, that they would choose the former. Certainly, we should have an opportunity to read bills before we vote on them and have an opportunity to discuss that legislation with our constituents. And that is not happening. And that should be hugely concerning to folks at home. Hmm. All right. I'm going to turn it over to Logan for our next questions or set of questions. Logan, take it away. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Senator. Um, my first question is- Thanks for having is... me, Logan. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> my first question is about vaccine mandates. We've seen- um, state government starting to require them. Um, our current auditor, Suzanne Bump, her office is requiring them for all staff. Um, would you have done the same? Yes, yes, I would have. And I commend the auditor for her decision to protect her employees and to get people back to work. Uh, you know, the, the auditor did give uh, a, a, an option for folks who really don't want to get the vaccine that they can uh, submit to testing in order to uh, you know, be able to remain employed. I think that that option is a good one. If folks are gonna refuse to get the vaccine, we do need to make sure that uh, everyone else is able to work in a safe environment as well. Uh, so I do agree with the auditor's decision. I commend her for that and I would have done the same thing. And my team on my campaign is required also to be vaccinated in order to, uh, to work for my campaign. So. Um, I will just say that as well. Yeah, and more generally- For the sake of transparency. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more generally over, uh, uh, Auditor Bump has been auditor for 10 years. How would you rate her performance? I think she's done a stellar job. I think she's done a tremendous job. And, you know, we've seen some, some great things that she's done. Um, I think she has some big shoes to fill. And I am working hard to make sure that I can fill those shoes as much as possible and then continue to build upon the great work that she's done. Uh, former auditor uh, Danucci 
did a fantastic job. I think that Auditor Bump did a great job of building upon his work and taking that office to the next level. And I hope to, uh, through learning from her and by you know gleaning wisdom from the things that she's done, also build upon the great work that she has done, like she built upon her predecessor's work. Right, and you mentioned Danucci. Um, I was actually researching, and we've only had two auditors in Massachusetts since 1986. Um, it seems like quite a long time uh, that our auditors have served. You mentioned you want term limits for the speaker and, and other roles in the state house. Do you see yourself serving just uh, two or three terms, or would you be uh, serving longer than that? I would say that I can't speak to the future. I did not plan on running for state auditor at the, uh, I should say, uh, you know, previous to uh, Auditor Bump announcing that she was not seeking re-election. This was something that, you know, you have in the back of your head, uh, you know, I'm always going to be open to new opportunities, but I can say I never planned on running for state representative. I was there for six years. Uh, I never planned on running for Senate, but I decided to run for Senate when my Senator uh, decided that she was not seeking re-election. Uh, this is my, I'm going on my fourth year in the Senate, uh, and now I am seeking the state auditor's position. And, you know, I look at this as an opportunity that I never thought was going to be available to somebody like me. Uh, I was born to a 17-year-old single mother. Uh, you know, we moved back and forth throughout my childhood uh, between Methuen and Lawrence. I was able to uh, go off to Middlesex Community College, which was a college that I could afford thanks to our state's investments and families like mine. And I got the opportunity through hard work to earn a seat at Wellesley College where I was able to attend because of a scholarship that I had received. And from there, uh, I got offered a job shortly after working at the state house as a legislative aide and uh, you know, got to learn very quickly about the, the uh, Beacon Hill world and learned how much I knew that I needed to run for state representative to fight for equity, accountability, transparency, equality, diversity, inclusion, all the things that we care so much about based on what I had seen during my very short amount of time working as a legislative aide. So I will say I cannot speak to the future, uh, but I can speak to right now. And I can say that I am humbled at the opportunity to be able to run for this and I'm going to work hard to earn your support to be your next state auditor. All right. Well, I'll turn it back to Adam if he has any more questions. Yeah, I, I do have about a couple more. So let's talk about um, we, we recently had uh, your uh, friendly rival, that being Chris Dempsey on our podcast. Um, and he is really trying to make a niche for himself in terms of state transportation as well as public transportation. Now, if you're auditor, what sort of uh, issues do you want to focus on specifically if you're elected? I will continue the work that I've been doing in the state legislature. Um, unlike my, uh, as you call it, friendly uh, rival, uh, I don't need to create a niche for myself because I have a record over the course of the last nearly 10 years of fighting for folks in my community uh, and I plan on continuing that work as the next state auditor, continuing the work regarding education, transportation, fighting for health care for folks, making sure that uh, folks have access to the services that they need across state government. When the Merrimack Valley gas explosions occurred, I fought alongside 
of our attorney general to make sure that uh, folks who were trying to abuse the system during that time and take advantage of victims were held accountable. As a state senator, I've been calling on the administration to stop contracting with uh, agencies that have proven that they cannot be trusted with taxpayer dollars. All of those things I will continue uh, my work on. And what I'm known most for, I believe, is speaking truth to power. Uh, I have stood up to the governor and gone toe to toe with him on issues and matters of importance to my community. I have gone toe to toe with the Speaker of the House. Uh, even though, yes, it is a Democratic leadership team, there are times when I have vehemently disagreed and stood up for my constituents. Uh, and I will continue to do that. And I think that our state auditor should be somebody who has a proven track record of being able to speak truth to power and be independent, not just with the opposing party, but also within their own party when it comes to making sure that government is held accountable to those it represents. Would you debate uh, Chris Dempsey if given the chance? I fully uh, am expecting that we will be having debates throughout the course of the next year. And the answer is yes. Well, we're, we'll be looking forward to hearing that. Uh, one final question before we go. Uh, finish this sentence for me. Uh, Diana DiZaglio is blank. Diana DiZaglio is a woman who loves her community and wants to find a way to serve them and is looking forward to hopefully doing so through the role of state auditor, but can't do so without your support. So is respectfully asking for your vote and would love to give you her contact information, which is 978-984-7747. And her email is diana at dianadizoglio.com. Well, we will make sure that many of our listeners do that and make sure to participate in the upcoming election. Uh, I want to thank uh, Senator Dezaglio for coming on. And again, thankfully, I pronounced her name right. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I want to thank you all for listening to the Cod Cabin. We're going to be taking a two-week break, but hopefully this September will be a big one. There's going to be the upcoming mayoral election in Newton, in Boston, and in other places across Massachusetts. And, you know, we'll be talking about it. So make sure you're safe at home. Get ready for school or, you know, pull up your chair and have a nice tea. Uh, Logan Rabe, once again, joining me as always, and Adam Bass, that being me. Thank you for listening to The Cod Cabin. <laughs>